Finley Capital Podcast. My name is Logan Ricchetti. As always, this podcast is sponsored by the Hard Money Handbook. You can go to www.hardmoneyhandbook.com to download a free report to learn how to use hard money loans to fund your real estate deals. Also brought to you by the Facebook group, Powered by Private. If you're a private lender or you want to learn how to be a private lender or you have capital to lend and you just don't know how to do it, or if you're a borrower, real estate investor, operator that needs to learn more about using private capital to fund your deals. That's the group that you want to be in, powered by private on Facebook. Today, I want to talk about the Finley Capital State of the Union, what's going on in our company, uh, some new developments, some new updates, some things that are going on, some things we're trying to do, some things that are working, some things that are not working. A lot of things going on I want to share with my, my audience, my friends, my pals, my buddies, my investors, my operators, my borrowers, and just let everybody know what's going on so they can uh, stay in the loop, if you will. Over the past couple of weeks and months, I'd say last month and a half maybe, I have been repositioning some of our balance sheet debt from our capital investors. I've paid back about $1.25 million in some of my original investor debt that was you know, at a really high interest. Very grateful for those investments and that trust that was placed in me very early on in the Finley Capital days before the track record had become what it is today. Uh, but unfortunately, that debt is no longer, you know, economically sustainable for the company to be profitable. So I've had to pay it back. Uh, I've had an investor that I've paid about a quarter million dollars to in interest over the last year and a half. And obviously, as that investment gets paid back, that interest winds down. And that's a bummer. I feel bad about that. But at the same time, it's a business decision and I have to be profitable. Uh, there's risk in this dynamic. There has to be you know, upside to me in order to make the risk worth the investment and worth the time and all that. So yeah, two of my initial seven figure investors are, have been or are in the process of being paid back in full, which is good and bad. It's a, it's, it's a bummer, but it's also good for the company's future. Um, I'm very, like I said, I'm very grateful for that debt and hopefully there's no hard feelings and everybody understands that that high interest is no, not sustainable forever. So, and high is a relative term, but, uh, high in terms of, you know, the, the spreads and the margins and Finley Capital's loans has to be profitable for everybody in order for that to sustain. And so I've had to repay some debt, which is okay. Uh, I'm proud of that and I'm very grateful and thankful, but also proud that I've been able to make all those preferred interest payments to those capital investors over the last two years without missing a single payment. That's a big deal to me. It's a big deal to my reputation and to my ability to perform on the promises that I make. I had one of those capital investors, you know, we just decided, hey, let's leave a little bit in just so we stayed in business. And I thought that was pretty cool because there's a lot of friendship that goes on in these capital investor partner relationships. It's not just a business relationship. We spend years together working on these things and to stay in business with uh, an investor like that is meaningful to me. So he knows who he is. And I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. The fund, you know, the Elfenor debt fund has got almost $2 million in it. Now it's at $1.9 million fully deployed, which is cool. Everything is current. Like I said earlier, we changed our third party administrator to another admin. So we have not yet had an NAV or a net asset value calculation for the investors to see their returns on in their portals yet. This is one of the things I've had to be very patient and uh, really kind of slow down my energy in terms of wanting to see those reports come through. I was able to see the first report from the first third-party admin that I hired because I was the only investor in the fund at that time. I just made a minimum investment, literally just to see how the 
how the presentation of the financials comes in. And finally, what happens is I think I made my first investment in like the middle of March. And the way these things work is they don't start accumulating interest until the first day of the month. So even if you invest, if you put the investment in the subscription in, it doesn't start accruing interest till the first day. So I think it was mid-March. So then it starts in April. So then at the end of April, now you have a month of operations. So they calculate the net asset value, but they don't present that to you till the end of May. So somebody who invested in the fund, AKA me in the middle of March, hasn't gotten their NAV calculation until the middle or the end of May. So it's, it's frustrating. Uh, in addition to that, I made the minimum investment into the fund. So there are some fixed costs that get applied to the profitability of the fund, things like third-party admin, third-party auditing, and uh, financials for the tax returns. So that prorates every month, which made the net asset value look negative because there was only five or 600 bucks in interest income and there was 2,000 or whatever in expenses. So that frustrated me a little bit. But now that there's over $2 million in the fund and it's earning you know 1% per month, the uh, income more than exceeds that that expense ratio in addition to the preferred rate of return interest payment to the capital investors. So it's working, which is great. Capital investors are getting their preferred rate of return. There's still profitability left over after that for me, even net of those expenses. So now, and I think I figured it out. It's about a million dollars in the fund for the fund itself to be profitable. Uh, it takes only, it takes less, it really takes nothing for the investors to get their capital or their preferred rate of return because as long as the interest payment comes in from the note rate they're going to get their their return it's the additional revenue that requires some scale in order to be profitable for me so i have it at that level it's starting to be profitable now which is cool capital investors are starting to show more interest in the fund i still have a, a interesting mix of capital i have about 2.2 million in co-lender loans that's when the the investor actually is the lien holder on a particular loan or two. I have, like I said, 1.9 million in the fund. And then I have about six and a half million or so in those old uh, remaining promissory notes on the Finley Capital balance sheet that I'm working to unwind those and move those in either to the fund or into co-lender loans down the road. About 10.6 million, I think, in uh, investor capital on the balance sheet right now, most of which is deployed. I have about eight or 900,000 in pending loan volume. We've done 800,000 or so in loans in, in month to date. So we're looking at a really good month. F about 450,000 of those loans have been what we've called takeout loans or recapitalization loans. You might've remembered if you follow this podcast, I've been discussing that recapitalization loan program and that concept. And uh, I have executed on that concept several times now, I think five or six loans we've made. And these are loans that we're making short-term loans to other private lenders that I have relationships with across the country where they are short on capital to fund new deals. So what Finley Capital has done, actually what the, what the debt fund has done is it has purchased some of their repaying debt, some of their maturing debt. So for example, we, we just purchased, I think $400,000 of loans on a balance sheet from a buddy down in Alabama. Those loans are scheduled to be repaid within about 30 days. They're listed properties pending sale on the market. So they're gonna close those sales. Those loans are gonna be repaid to us and the fund is gonna pick up roughly one or 2% for that short term lending opportunity. And for me, I like it because I don't have to originate service, underwrite, fund the deal. All I have to do is re-underwrite it, make sure it looks good now, make sure everything's clean. And then we've built a process to recapitalize, you know, for the, for servicing and for transferring of the assignment of the loans and the mortgages, things like that. So we're building that process and it's been executed successfully five or six times. I've learned from the recapitalization program, what I've realized is Finley Capital loses out on a lot of the fees, you know, the upfront origination and processing fees and um, 
you know, so that's a bummer, but it is an easier way to deploy capital. And as I get to a bigger scale in the fund, we'll be doing that more and more because it's very low risk capital because the projects are already completed and uh, it doesn't take much. I don't have to do a lot of work other than make a couple phone calls every week and say, hey, what do you need? What do you have? What do you need? And work with my partners, uh, my capital or my uh, private lending affiliates, if you will, buddies and just help them out when they need it. Another update is the Lend Home software, which I had sworn off and given up on after two years of development. I have made the most brilliant decision of my life, which is to remove myself from the coding process. And I have handed that over to our director of operations, Haley. <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's getting done really well, which was great. So Haley has been doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one uh, coding with our third-party developer whose name is Sam, who does an amazing job. And they have this software much, much more developed than I had it and more simple and more streamlined and more intuitive and more customizable, which is cool. So I was just talking to a buddy today about it. Uh, I'm very excited for that software to be implemented and I'm not in a hurry for it to be implemented, but I'm excited for it because it's just going to make my life easier. It's going to make our reporting and tracking a little bit better. But most importantly to me anyway, is it's going to give capital investor and co-lender access to our loan pipeline and our underwriting. It's gonna create that transparency that I've been trying to provide to my capital investors and partners since the beginning, which we do, but this will give them portal access to be able to really see everything and be able to understand what's going on in the portfolio, what kind of loans we're underwriting, how we're underwriting them, what the borrowers, what the deals look like, what the ARVs look like, so that they can have a little bit more transparency in their underwriting and their um, investment you know, considerations. I've been actually for the first time in quite a while, I've had to initiate an attorney to facilitate a foreclosure. I am doing that simultaneously as, as the operator. I'm working in good faith to try to work out the loans. But what I've learned from having property management rental portfolios is that you need to send the eviction notice while you're still working on the rent <laughs> to be repaid. So I have, uh, I have a really, really good uh, foreclosure attorney in Pennsylvania who has been very aggressive and very proactive on helping me to send the foreclosure notices to the borrower. And at the same time, I've been communicating well with the borrower to try to help to work out a solution that avoids foreclosure for everybody, which is expensive and time consuming and very messy and not good for the borrower, not good for the uh, for me and for the, the cost and everything. Not a big deal. It's not as scary as it sounds. It's really just a paperwork process. And I don't think it's going to go all the way to foreclosure because the operator is doing a great job of, you know, working out the solution, getting the property, one of the properties on the market, the other one's getting refinanced. So it's probably going to be a moot point, but that is something I've had to deal with after over 208 loans. I've only had to deal with that, you know, two or three times. Luckily, uh, the collateral is good the borrowers communicating. And so all the things that are the big risks are still mitigated at this point, which is great. But, you know, that's just the truth of the matter. This is not a perfect process. There are loans that go over. There are deals that need to be worked out occasionally. And uh, my job as the uh, portfolio manager for Finley Capital is to minimize those. And then when they come up is to handle them. So that's what we're doing. We have some changes going on in our marketing right now. A buddy I've known for many, many years, very talented. He's been taking over a lot of the social media production. Haven't gone viral in a while, which doesn't really matter, except it's kind of exciting when you do. But what I'm really trying to do with the marketing is I'm trying to reach my audience, uh, the capital investors and the borrowers. Those are the two groups that I'm really trying to speak to. I want them to know what's going on with Finley Capital, what the opportunities are to be either an investor or a borrower, because that's what this business is really all about. It's about bringing capital investors in and borrowers in, putting them together, facilitating transactions so they can all make money together. 
which is fun. We've done about 23 million in funded loans. Our average loan right now is just under six months. It's 171 days. Now, the average hard money loan in general is much closer to nine months or a year. So I really prefer those short-term loans. I know a lot of lenders prefer the long-term loans because they want to set it and forget it. They want to make that servicing spread every month. They don't want to have to deal with payoffs, repayments, all the financials and tracking that comes with that, all the hassles. Our model is based around that origination and processing fee income. So we want those loans to turn over. Also, I really like the loans to be short-term because the projects are short-term and that means that they're going well. To me, I don't know why a, a fix and flip loan needs to take 12 or 15 months to complete. That means it's going very inefficiently and that means there's risk. So I'm very proud of the 171 day average loan amount that we have right now, but I'm more proud and I'm more excited about the 53% ratio of the loan to after repair value. Now I talk about this all the time and if you're on my investor email database, you get these investor reports every month. And one of the things that I share as a metric, as a KPI is the loan amount relative to the after repair value. So for example, if the loan amount that we lend on a deal is 50,000 and our estimated after repair value on that loan is 100,000, then the loan to after repair value ratio is only 50%. Now, if you think about that, the lower the ratio, the lower the risk. If I lent $90,000 on a house that's worth 100,000 fixed up, it means that my LTV, my loan to value ratio is 90%. That's very high exposure, high risk, high leverage to the borrower. It means that if anything goes wrong, there's not a lot of equity in the deal that can be lost or expensed or you know chewed up into legal fees or closing fees or sales costs or whatever that still exit my loan out profitably. But because the loan to value is only 50,000, that means that there's plenty of room for the borrower to sell the deal at a loss or the market to correct or you know have it take a hit or whatever. And us, the lenders, the capital investors to still be safe. I don't know a lot of lenders that average over you know 200 loans, a loan to after repair value only 53%. That's pretty darn good. It's probably my best stat and as I quote new loans today, and I've, as I've been quoting new loans over the past couple of months, that loan to after repair value ratio has been one of my first and foremost considerations because I would rather do fewer loans with lower exposure at this point than do more loans with higher risk and, and try to earn more money. That's part of the progression, part of the maturity of building a private lending company is you go through the process of trying to grow your sales volume and then realizing that, hey, it doesn't matter if you make 20 loans in a month, if you're going to have three problems, it's better to do 10 loans in a month and have no problems. That's definitely where my head's at. And uh, obviously repaying some of that old balance sheet debt is is another maturity of the understanding the process of, of writing loans and managing a portfolio is that the cost of capital is really where the profit is. So if you're paying really high interest debt and you're lending at debt, that's high interest, but close, the spread or the, or the, the ratio in between that is low. And that's where the income comes from for me. Got to make that right. It's got to make sense for everybody. It's got to be good risk-adjusted loans for the capital investors. It's got to be reasonable, high-interest, uh, hard-money loan interest for the borrower. And there's got to be something left in between for me so I can keep doing it over and over, pay the bills, pay the house payment, pay the car payment, get a boat someday, and then you know keep going for the next 10 or 15 years as we grow this sustainably into the future. So that's the plan. That's the update. That's the status. And for those of you who need to be reminded... Go get it.